You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And this podcast is proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Wayne, dare I say it, we've had a couple of bits of good news in the last two days. Yesterday, manufacturing production, albeit off a low base, bounced 4.6% year on year. And today we've had a retail sales figure, which showed retail sales growth of 2.4%. Like a mini recovery almost. Yeah, look, I think there's a lot to do, as you said, off the low base, off the very, very poor first quarter. And of course, unfortunately, Easter doesn't doesn't fall in the same time period every year. And there's always a statistical abnormality when Easter falls in the wrong quarter compared to the previous year. And for that, also for that reason, we're probably going to see a restatement upwards of the first quarter GDP when the next when the next second quarter GDP number comes up, it'll still be bad, yeah. but it probably won't be as negative as what the initial print was. And also, purely for statistical reasons, the second quarter will show quite a strong bounce. So, yes, unfortunately, you know, you get lies, damn lies and statistics. These things are volatile. You've got to look at them over a longer time period before you can make any sort of meaningful uh, conclusions from that but it is certainly good that at least it's not the economy is not continuing its death spiral at least there seems to be some recovery yeah what would you put it down to is it because load shedding has stopped is it because the election is over is it because people are suddenly feeling to themselves well actually i've got a bit of money and now all these things are out the way and i've been holding back on spending i must go out and spend or is it just a statistical anomaly or just a once-off i just wonder if it's if it's the start of something that's what i'm hoping it is well i hope it's the start of something look clearly not having schedule four load shedding is definitively helps. I mean, that was just too ghastly for words. And you can just imagine that's talking as a residential person who's got to use a torch instead of having a TV on. Yes. You can imagine if you're running a company and you need your factory's got to work and your chaps are got to go out. I mean, it is just devastating. So clearly that that was probably responsible for at least half of the downturn was the actual load shedding. And then, as you mentioned, base effects and the election over and, you know, despite all the other stories we've had and, you know, politics and the Reserve Bank and all of that, the new administration is doing the right thing. I mean, you know, all the commissions are carrying on, the, the hawks are carrying on. and You know, so hopefully we do get somewhere and, and this momentum continues. You know, all the, not all, but the significant amount of change has been made in the cabinet and there are, you know, all of the people who were severely tainted in the previous cabinet by and large are out. So there has been some positive development on the, let's call it the governance side of the country. And all of this helps. And of course, now the biggest single boost now is uh, quite frankly, it's a virtual certainty that interest rates will be cut in South Africa. Mm, I think you're right. 
Yeah, whether it does anything, I don't know. But certainly what it does do, it doesn't affect the, the, the majority of the population. It really, really doesn't. But what it does do is engender some confidence in the yeah. investment community, uh, for example, and maybe also with foreign investors. So it it can't be anything but positive. It's not going to have the effect that we want it to. It's not suddenly going to cut uh, unemployment from 27% to 15%, but it's certainly, it's not a bad thing. No, no. And, and it's all... I suppose you can argue we now hopefully turning from a vicious cycle into some sort of virtuous cycle where good news, you know, grows on other good news. And then the biggest single danger is what President Trump's going to do. Because yeah. you just simply do not know. I mean, he said, you know, if the Chinese premier doesn't meet with him, yeah. he'll, he'll impose full sanctions. I mean, that's that's... You know, that, that's quite a negotiation tactic. I think he can do that with Mexico. I don't think he can do it with China. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, quite, quite correctly so. But look, I mean, everything, we'll see how everything pans out in the end. I mean, you don't know, maybe his tactics of these strong arm tactics actually work and mm. you just you just never know. But so far, China has been the adult in the room and we just hope that they continue to take that role. Yeah, talking about China, there's a million people on the streets of Hong Kong, or has been in the last 12, 16 hours or so, which has, has knocked the uh, the Chinese market to the Hang Seng down, actually the Hang Seng down 1.7% this morning, and that obviously hurt uh, Naspers a little bit. So yeah, Ch- Ch- China's yeah. in the news for, uh, for other reasons. Uh, what do you see on the market at the moment? I mean, I'm looking at my sharenet.co.za screen, and I'm looking at the top five movers to the upside. Every single one is a resources stock um, yes. with, with the main players being gold. Gold seems to be it's on one of those runs. You remember the old gold bull runs, yeah. Wayne. Does, does this look like one to you? Oh, Lindsay, I've given up on gold. I, oh. <laughs> I simply just do not know. Look, it has run, obviously, in the last while. And the mining shares have run as well. But, but understand, they, they facing, they've got many, many positives behind them. You know, tailwinds. Uh, they've got plenty of cash. They're going to pay dividends. They've got strong balance sheets, by and large. Commodity prices, by and large, are also high. I mean, certainly iron ore is phenomenally high and looks likely to stay, maybe not at a, at a hundred, but it can stay above eighty for a while. But they're starting to face some headwinds now. I mean, global growth is slowing down. I mean, there is no question about that whatsoever. And that's only exacerbated by all the trade war and all of that story. So, you know, maybe the the future for resource shares maybe not quite as as glowing as what the immediate past has been. In iron ore is a very, very specific set of circumstances that's driving that. But you can see the oil price. I mean, it's dropped quite dramatically in in in, in the last couple of weeks. And it's down a good ten odd dollars. Hmm. So, you know, maybe the future's not so not, not not so good for them, as I said. The shares aren't aren't massively overvalued. I mean, they're clearly not cheap, but you know, there's no huge overvaluation in the actual share prices. So even if they do come under pressure, it'll be nothing like what happened in 2013, 2014, simply because there's no supply deluge on its way, because they, they just cut all capex in total. So at some stage they're going to have to spend capex again to sort of almost catch up, but they're not doing that yet. 
So, I mean, the, the, the resource shares don't look bad, quite frankly. I mean, we certainly at full weight, we're not overweight, but we certainly at full weight in resource shares. Have a listen to this. This comes from Reuters. It came out, um, yes, it was today, actually, the 12th. Uh, Global trade flows are flat or falling in all major regions as the world economy flirts with recession for the first time since 2008-2009, Wayne. And it goes on to say, which will cut growth in oil consumption, especially for mid-distillates such as diesel. Freight volumes handled through major ports such as Long Beach and Singapore, as well as air cargo handled through hubs such as Hong Kong, Memphis, London and Frankfurt are either flat or down compared with 2018. Hong Kong International Airport, the largest air freight hub in the world, has seen volumes fall by more than 5% in the three months from March to May compared with a year earlier. Heathrow cargo down 4.5% between March and May. It's suddenly starting. What does the stock market do when it's faced with recession? Does it say, well, this is good news because there'll be quantitative easing from the US Fed? Or do they say it's bad news because it cuts corporate profits? What is the reaction going to be to this type of story? Well, if we do go into a recession, the stock market goes down. It doesn't matter what the Fed does. The Fed might halt the slide at some stage. Well, not just the Fed, all central banks might halt the slide at some stage. And they will always sort of fuel the recovery. But I, I don't, I honestly don't think there is a recession coming. I mean, I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. And I listen to a lot of people who come and chat to us and tell us all of these things. But even if the recession does happen, okay, and the recession's long overdue, we know that, and it's been a tremendous period of expansion, but even if a recession does happen, there's a few major, major differences between now and literally the previous four that I've lived through. The biggest single thing is there's no inflation and there's no rising inflation. That is by far the biggest factor. Right. Secondly, now, corporate debt levels are quite low, and personal household debt levels worldwide are actually quite low. So even if there is a recession, there's no debt bubble that's going to burst with a commensurate collapse in the housing market or a collapse in, the, like last time around, all of those fancy geared instruments and hedge funds and stuff like that. So if there is a recession, the stock market will fall, but it's not going to fall 45% like it has in the previous three. So the conditions, the underlying economic conditions are a lot more, you could say, tolerant of a recession as far as the stock market is concerned than what you've seen in the past. I mean, the share market's expensive overseas, but it's nowhere near the sort of heady valuations it was in 2002 or 2008, mm. I mean, even if it's 1998 or 1994. So if something bad does go wrong, trade wars, whatever it is, the the recession or the stock market, bear market, or whatever you want to call it, will be relatively muted. They can cut interest rates, they can release liquidity, yes. and that would actually, quite frankly, be a massive buying opportunity. Wayne, buying opportunity is something you've been talking about for, for quite a while. How much money do you have on the sidelines without giving away too many secrets? So if there is a recession, which you don't think there is going to be, but maybe there's a slowdown and therefore the market loses momentum and this melt-up we've seen overseas doesn't continue and the South African market therefore pulls back. Have you got lots of dry tinder out there? Well, look, we're very much on average exposure. So we're not underweight. Maybe we should be, I mean, but we're not actually underweight. But, of course, we have the ability to go overweight, so we've got a fair amount of, 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 uh, of dry powder on the side. 
should something happen. Yes. Of course, I mean, when it does happen, you always wish you had more, you had more cash, you had less equity. But we'll have to see. I mean, it's not a foregone conclusion yet that the world's going to head into a recession. But, you know, as I said earlier on, the biggest saving grace, the, the biggest difference is there's no rising, there's no high, inflation's not high, yeah. and it's not rising, and it's not rampant, and there's m- massive excess government debt, but there's clearly not excess corporate or, or household debt worldwide. And every other major meltdown is, in effect, inflation bursting a debt bubble. Because that's what they all, at the end of the day, that's what they all boil down to. And there's no inflation and there's no real debt bubble. So the effects of a recession should be a lot, it'll still be terrible, mm. but it'll be a lot milder than what we have seen in the past. I can't remember inflation ever being more than one and a half to two and a half percent in certain developed world countries like the United States of America. I mean, are the days of inflation spikes over because of efficiencies in the economy, because of the internet, because of global supply chain efficiencies, etc.? Or or is this just a moment in time? Because I can tell you what, with with 75,000 jobs being created by the US economy last month, I still think that's a really good figure, given the fact that they are yeah. virtually at, at full employment. So at some full stage, price pressures are going to come, I would have thought, given the fact that everyone's got a job and everyone goes out there chasing goods and services. Mm. Look, obviously, economies become more efficient over time and certainly efficiency gains in the last, probably the last 10 or 15 years because of IT and internet and the whole fourth industrial revolution and all of these terminologies which thrown around massively, but nevertheless, it's all hugely efficient. It's, it's a massive efficiency gain. Yes. So US, US labor inflation is quite high. It's about 3 3.5%. Three I mean, that in the biggest scheme of things, nothing. But it seems to be not swamped, but controlled by efficiency gains elsewhere. But if there's one danger, other than trade wars, if there's one danger, it is US wage inflation. But there's no sign... Mm. of rampant wage inflations yet. To come back to your question, is inflation dead? It's never dead forever. I mean, you, at some stage, whether it's in the next 10 years or the next 30 years, people will feel very rich. They will have big incomes. Interest rates will be relatively low. And inflation will be fueled by demand pull. In other words, people will just got so much money and they'll borrow more and they just don't care about higher inflation because the the world's a wonderful place. But we might have to wait, as you've seen in Japan, still going on in Japan, you might have to wait for the generation that was virtually crippled by the 2008 debt bubble bursting to actually die. And people <laughs> who haven't experienced that actually come up and start earning money and start borrowing and spending again. So inflation's not dead forever, but Probably for the foreseeable future, the only real risk is U.S. wage inflation. Putting aside uh, trade wars, because I went to a presentation two or three days ago saying that if trade wars if trade wars come in their fully blown level, you know, the full on trade wars, it'll take about two and a half percent off Chinese growth in a year, mm. and take about two percent off U.S. growth in a year, and about one point seven around the rest of the world. 
So, you know, President Trump's, you know, he's literally playing with a loaded revolver here. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think he knows it. And he knows that should he actually pull the trigger on this, it'll have devastating consequences for him and for his country. You mentioned Japan just now and, and people dying. I've got a question for you, a little quiz, just to end our conversation today, Wayne. Uh, what's the average age, the median age of the Japanese population? I've, I've got three questions for you. Japan, first of all, the hmm. median age. Median age? In Japan. Probably in the early 40s, late middle 40s. Very good, very good. Uh, it's, not, it's the age is 48. In South Africa, the median age? Probably 26, 27. You're, you're pretty good, 25. And uh, another company, this is a country rather, this is slightly more obscure because I've been talking to somebody about emerging markets and uh, the, the youthful population. Niger, the average age no, in Niger. Probably below, Niger. probably below 20. Yeah, they're right I again, know. 15. It's extraordinary what's going on there. Yeah, emerging markets, something we can talk about in the future. But well, that's it for today, Wayne. Thanks so much for your time. That was Wayne McCurry from yeah. FNB Wealth and Investment. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.